The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi. Hi. This is Gwendolyn. It's great to be back with you again. Uh, we are at the Visual Workplace, our weekly radio show about letting the workplace speak. In each of our shows, as you know, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system, how things are done rightly, on time, safely, completely, how to build those elements directly into the landscape of work through visual devices and through systems of visual devices by creating an environment that speaks. And why do we do this? So that we can re- we can reap the huge benefits of doing so. And hopefully we can enjoy ourselves along the way. That is the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to enjoy ourselves at work. And workplace visuality gives us a context of meaning and connectivity, alignment, precision for us to perform well and for us to, I mean, in a sense, be a hero at our own work really master our work because when we build visual devices they capture our current intelligence and then what happens as we continue is that we use that as a platform to be able to see more deeply and more completely into our work and bring greater precision and so we become scientists of our work and we come to work to think, as Taichi Ono said so many years ago, really decades ago, he said, people don't come to Toyota to work, they come to think. And if you look at that as simply the corporate outcome, let's create an environment where people come here to think, where they think of work as thinking. Then you've got an organization that is very connected and very forward-moving. So today, what we're going to do is continue our discussion about sustainment, what it is and how to get it. We're in the third of our series, and I'm pretty sure there'll be two or three more. This particular show is about the champion or the ranking side executive and what he or she can do to support and drive the improvement process. And I would anticipate that we'll have two more shows after this. We'll do the very important customer-driven visual order, which indeed may take two shows all by them, all by itself. Um, it has a number of layers, and I believe you'll... I believe you'll find it very interesting. It's a kind of higher level of 5S and the doorway into other visual workplace functions. And then we'll do a catch-all show in which I just share a lot of supporting tools about how to use this idea of sustainment really as driving. 
In fact, that show is going to be titled Sustaining Means Driving, Driving Means Sustaining. They're one and the same. My sense is far too many people think that sustaining is maintaining. But in fact, it's more energetic than that. And in order to be effective, it has to be more more dynamic, more energetic. It has to really demonstrate the principles that got you there and the values that got you there. So we'll touch on uh, some of those things today. You'll hear me saying some of those words again, but in the context of uh, this thing that I call the champion, the watch, and the map. <laughs> I feel like I'm writing a C.S. Lewis um, novel on the, uh, the, what is it, the lion in the closet in the wardrobe. Hmm. You know, he had that triple title. So uh, I will say that next week, we're, I'm very excited that we will be getting what I hope will become an ongoing series, and that is real-time visual workplace coaching, where you or someone like you comes on the show for the full show, and we troubleshoot your challenges in real time on air, whether that means your conversion process is stuck for whatever reason and you want some ideas for moving it along or you want me to just kind of check out your coaching approach or there's an interface with management that you want to strengthen or you're a manager and you want to have um, a strengthened relationship either with the people who report to you or the people you report to or the value-add level or whatever. You want to go further. You want to go deeper. You want to spread visuality perhaps into other parts of your facility or even other sites. And you want some pointers and some feedback, some reflection. That's real time visual workplace coaching. We're going to have our first show next week by inviting um, Clifton Dahl from Bobcat, Deucen Bobcat in Idaho. He's the CI coach there. He's a little bit stuck and wants to have some uh, pointers. Uh, we may continue with Clifton and kind of uh, follow his process and his progress over six or eight months or a year and just kind of keep looking in on him, see if that's interesting. But these are unrehearsed. So uh, people have, you know, we talk broadly about what kind of thing do you want to address just so that people have a chance to kind of shape their thinking. And then um, I kind of take it on the fly. And I want to show you what it's like to take these nitty-gritty subterranean problems and apply the same principles and practices, the same kind of implementation, know-how, or savvy to them so you can begin to unstick yourselves. Uh, and of course, your questions and your comments are more than welcome. We hope that you call in and give us the benefit of your wisdom and your experience as well. Boy, I tell you, I met a crackerjack um, CI coach who's been in the business for about 20 years, and he's in charge of like 88 plants. And talk about wisdom just pouring forth. His name is Ron Pern. Pern. Uh, <laughs> he's Dutch. And uh, I was just so impressed. I'm so impressed by the depth of knowledge that we've accumulated over the last 30 or 35 years since this improvement um, contagion has uh, caught on and we, uh, we are following it with missionary zeal. It's very, very good work. So if you want uh, to... Um, if you want to get on to real-time visual workplace coaching, email me at radio at visualworkplace.com. We'll have a short conversation, and uh, we'll schedule you. We'll probably be doing this once every two months or so. 
maybe a little bit more, but probably not less. And I think it's going to be great. I, I want there to be real aliveness to the show. I want to do more than simply give you tutorials. Uh, I've always talked about I want to hear your voice as part of the voices of the show. And I hope I'm being clever about thinking about this as a way to do that. There's so much great work going on there. So there are no real announcements uh, for today. I'm off for the summer, thank goodness. I got home about five or six days ago, and I'll be working on my new book, Visual Leadership, which is my idea of a great time. And then right now, the next public visual workplace, visual thinking seminar will be probably in October in the UK. I'm just really socked in with... Um, side assessments and other uh, client work. And then I'll be in Australia in Melbourne in November and um, do, I think I'm doing some leadership things and then our uh, dog and pony show, which we call the Visual Workplace Visual Thinking Seminar. If you have my books, it's the book with the blue neutron on the cover. And um, let me think, there's something else. Ah, yes, I wanted to say that if you want us to do a public seminar near you, and you have a sponsoring organization, or if it's in a different country, any country in the world, have your sponsoring organization call our company or email us at radio at visualworkplace.com, and we will uh, do our very best to make arrangements. We want to get out there, um, but we prefer for you to come to us so that we're pulled into place rather than push our way in. So uh, let's see, I want to remind you that there are podcasts, free podcasts on iTunes for all of these shows, and there's a great long list now. I believe this is show number 40. Soon I will have been doing this for a year, and boy, I have loved every minute of it. It is work. It's a lot of work to kind of think about uh, having shows that string together, that are sequenced, and having the content clear enough. But um, this has been some of the best time that I've had in my whole professional life. It's just wonderful. And I also wanted to mention, there is one thing I want to say, and this is about our big screen webinars. I'm jumping to something else. They seem to be very, very successful. We have several companies in the U.S. and India and Australia and the U.K. using them currently, and uh, they are finding it a very reliable and exciting way to train their employees in visuality. Right now, we are offering work that makes sense, operator-led visuality, but we're going to be adding to that over the next uh, six months to a year. Right now, there are 10 one-and-a-half-hour modules that walk groups through the same material as my Work That Makes Sense book. Gorgeous, full-color examples, about a 1,000 of them across the series, and the instruction is narrated by me with action assignments and hit lists, and we think it's pretty darn good. And then we'll put the um, visual leadership when it gets clarified uh, into the same format and visual displays and visual everything. Visual everything. That's the name of our curriculum, visual everything. <laughs> we'll add case studies. And um, you know what else I want to do? I want to make specific uh, a focused um, presentations on the quality process, on material handling, on machine lubrication, on making the machine speak, and that sort of thing. So look for our website, look at our website for more, visualworkplace.com, or email us, and we'll get back to you at radio at visualworkplace.com. So now, on to the next piece of sustainment, building and sustaining the habit of continuous improvement 
For me, continuous visual improvement. Remember, we are looking at visuality as the translation of information into exact behavior. Behavior change not through meetings, not through supervision, micro-supervision, OJT, write-ups, nothing like that, but through visual devices and through a system of visual devices so that we can embed our operational intelligence into the physical landscape of work. That's the catchphrase. And when we do, we start using visuality as a language, as a mechanism for embedding meaning into the physical work environment and simultaneously connectivity, alignment. We march together. To ensure continued progress, we turn these concepts into practices and these practices into a habit by putting in sustaining mechanisms, by putting structure in place, the glue. And that's what we're going to be talking about specific. We're going to be talking about three of them this time. We've been discussing a set of nine sustaining tools that inspire and focus and monitor and motivate associates and managers to get and stay involved and to keep the gains that they've worked so hard to win. And then to maintain those gains, use them as a platform and build on them. That's why we sustain. It is not maintenance. It is progress. Okay? So when we get back from a break, I'm going to... Uh, begin that discussion. These are tools that I've been using for decades. I hate to say I'm that old, but for decades, through decades of implementation success and, yes, some failures. But what we're doing when we put tools in place is we're putting structure in place. Okay? And I'll talk to you in a minute. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, Visual Edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 
1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, it's Gwendolyn, and here we are talking about the champion the watch and the map. We're talking about sustaining tools. This is our third show that's specifically looking at how do you build sustainment. We've talked about values. We've talked about code of conduct. We've talked about talked about supplies and the checklist. Oh, I'm I'm actually going to be going through that list in just a moment. So, right now we're talking about how to put other tools in place, other structure in place. And and I want to say there's been a lot of discussion for the last six or seven years about how change and improvement is about people. It's not about tools. As though people can hold on to their success if they are sufficiently motivated or engaged. And I know that people have been in a way misdirected in terms of their use of tools. They'll be using tools kind of blindly and wanting the tool to be in place without integrating it with the people function. <laughs> people are a resource and they are a glory. And I wholeheartedly agree with the importance of people, but not uh with the exclusion of the idea of excluding tools. Because when you exclude tools, you exclude structure. And that's one of the uh, parts of workplace visuality that has always impressed me, that as we put these devices in place, we restructure the living environment, and it is therefore changed in a way that is closer to our design. Tools without people... And their ownership is sterile. It's dead. It's a big push. Like I may say, like most of the 5S audits that I've seen, they have no life of their own. And with very rare exception, no one really wants to own them. They just have to kind of put up with these tools. But people without tools, without the structure of mechanisms that can hold concepts and hold principles and embody practice, is simply tribal knowledge. It's tribal activity. It's not predictable. It's not behavior that you can count on for robust, reliable performance. It's tribal. It's kind of commonly and loosely held, enough to get us by, but not enough to make us uh, precise and repeatable. We need both. There's nothing new in that. We need tools and structure. And in my view, the balance point between the two is mastery. Finding that right balance point where you have the structure that drives and embodies and you have the people who animate that structure and who give it its wonderful diversity and color and um, uh, deliciousness. So the nine sustaining tools that I presented to you uh, are part of this. And by quick review, we've done five of the nine already over the last couple of months. The visual workplace code of conduct, the expected behaviors um, that are needed to create an environment favorable to continuous improvement, spirit and engagement, concrete results. The 5S corner or the visual workplace corner where you have the supplies you need at hand to rapidly create and implement your own ideas. The visual workplace checklist, with checklist items identified by the associates who also administer those checklist items. 
score them. They administer them. This is not an audit. It is a self-leadership tool. And they administer them through something that I call, which is the fourth tool, the visual patrol, a small rotating team of area associates who are charged with conducting and scoring the checklist, sharing the results with peers, and kind of building a deep understanding of what's going on and which way the horizon is, which way is forward, building that strong, strong, self-reflective, self-leadership component that checklists can so easily embody. Okay? Those are four tools. Today we're going to look at the management champion, the management watch, and the laminated map, and I kind of want to do it in reverse order. I talked to you about the laminated map back in January when we were doing a show on the planning process, how to get started on visuality. There were two shows, and they were called Your Success Infrastructure. The second show, I kind of talk about the laminated map as part of that. The three tools for today, like many of the tools that I've described, are designed to work together. They are taken as a set, and they create a synergy and a function that is there to ensure our forward movement, our progress, and our process over time. So let me start with the map because, um, well, just let me start for the, with the map. You'll see why. <laughs> it really is the uh, opening uh, gambit of how to organize the champion and the watch. So the laminated map is very simple. It has many uses, but it's very simple. It is simply a map, a map of your facility with um, pretty noticeable uh, boundaries between areas if those boundaries are invisible anyway if one department just uh, merges to another your first step is going to put a bound is going to be to put a boundary around the whole site and then to divide the site up into its natural work groups or its departments and you want to cover all possible area including the walkways they're either owned by a department or they owned by facilities and you have the whole um, the whole facility sectioned off. Okay, and use by all means use uh, uh, water water soluble uh, markers because you're going to make mistakes. You're going to kind of figure out where things go. But for example, look for function if you're doing the loading dock. Do also the loading dock pavement because those two components function together. You want to identify the big value fields of the company, including your tool rooms, your offices, if you're in a hospital, your supplies, your nursing stations, and also your value-add patient rooms. Okay? So what we're doing is uh, we're going to be using the map. We did use the map in this way to define and focus and plan for the launch. Where do we begin And now what we're going to do is use the map to monitor and assess and drive certain levels of or certain kinds of visual function. If you're doing 5S, then it's to drive visual visual order, the visual wear. If you're doing visual displays, then it's to get supervisors involved. If you're doing Hoshin, then you keep using the map to keep track of that. But it's a tracking device, but it is also a driving device. So as you, uh, when you've got this all divided up and you have these sections, then what you do is you start using colored dots. The f- and there's four of them, blue, red, yellow, and green, as you might expect. The blue 
is for not yet. It means we have not committed to getting started to implement here yet. And the first thing you do is you put blue, a blue dot on everything. And then you have a discussion about where to begin. This is what we did in the launching process that we discussed in January, where to begin. We put a red dot in place where we want to begin, and we look at the utilization of resources so we make sure that we don't overcommit, that we're not going to exhaust ourselves by taking on too much, or that we're not going to dilute the process by taking on too much. We're very, very focused. We choose one area, and then we say, can we afford another one? And we say, perhaps, yes, we can. If we want to move to the third, can we really afford to support a third area? And we think about how we have our own learning curve that we have to incorporate. Are we giving ourselves enough time for us to learn how to do this? Or are we spreading ourselves too thin? So that's kind of the point that we're at at this point. We have chosen our red dot areas and substituted, removed the blue dot and put the red dot in place and said, okay, Let's get started. We have a long way to go. The next color of dot is yellow. And if we're talking about the 5S process, that's going to be a hard one yellow. In 5S, or if you will, in work that makes sense, the new book that I wrote and the new process, which is the kind of visual side of 5S to make sure people get that, it means that we have put the visual wear in place. The best way to use the dots after red, which is just let's get started, the best way to use it is to make sure you have a criteria. Make sure that people know what is required for them to get from red to yellow. And so if it's 5S, it simply is your color will change from red to yellow when the visual wear is in place, and that is defined as this, a border, a dress, and if possible, an ID label for everything that casts a shadow. A border, a dress, and if possible, an ID label for everything that casts a shadow. If it casts a shadow, it gets a border and an address, and if you can, an ID label. Now, we often skip the ID label. This is by way of reminder. If it's a consumable, like cardboard boxes, it would be like putting... ID labels on a bowl of M&M, on the M&Ms in a bowl. You put an ID label on the bowl, but you don't put an ID label on each M&M because you're going to consume them. Now, given that, that's what people work on. They work on getting to yellow. It's criteria. It's very specific. It is not subjective. You can give an A for effort, but the color doesn't change from red to yellow until that criteria is met. Okay. And I know that's going to irritate some of you, and you can certainly call in. We can do a whole show on a discussion of why I want a border and an address for everything I cast a shadow. But that's a different show. Okay? Right now, I'm just going to continue along my little road and talk about now that we're moving from red to yellow, when we do that, When we get to yellow, we reach a mighty threshold when we actually get there. And after the break, I'm going to talk to you about bringing the management champion in as a leverage to help people get to yellow. Okay, because we we have a management champion. We have somebody who has supported and resourced this effort, and we want to give him a role in 
helping to make this happen, this thing that he wants to have happen. And I have a very specific tools for uh, him or her to use, and we will go into that directly after the break. So I'll see you in a minute. Thanks. I'll be here. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. G? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. G airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, Work That Makes Sense, with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, everyone. This is Gwendolyn. This is The Visual Workplace, and today we're talking about the champion, the watch, and the map. And we're talking about how to use tools, visuality tools, to help us maintain, sustain, and drive improvement further. We're talking about the laminated map, and it's used to show us uh, the different levels of visuality so that we know that we're progressing, we hit, we hit certain levels or uh, criterion points, and we're also now sliding into a discussion of using the management champion to help uh, make that happen. But just a few uh, comments first. When we use this map and we use the colors to indicate to show where we're at and how we're doing department by department, as I mentioned, the colors change as the criteria is met. The first is blue, where we say, no, not yet. So we know we're not going to give that any resources, any kind of systematic approach. And then when it's targeted, when it's chosen, the color turns to red, which is, let's get started. We have a long way to go. That's kind of very loose criteria. Let's get going. And then our next is to reach yellow, which means, especially in 5S, 
in words that make sense, my kind of version of it, is that there's a border and an address for everything that casts a shadow and, if possible, an ID label. The next color changes to green. Now, it takes a long time to get to yellow. And during that time, associates' eyesight is improving. They're getting more involved. We're removing the rocks that are standing in the way of involvement. We're getting um, people on board and maintenance on board if you're in a hospital, then facilities on board and material handling and whatever. The map, using using the map in this particular way, what we're shooting for is the next color, which is green. And I call it going to green. And it means that your visual conversion has reached the level that makes it sustainable. It is there. It is embedded. It's going to last. You have put mechanisms in place that ensure it. I'm going to present a big chunk of this next week, uh, not next week, but the show after that, when we talk about customer-driven visual order, because that's one of the requirements for going to green. But we've already talked about uh, another requirement of going to green, which is the checklist. The checklist happens in order to move from yellow to green. And there's and the other piece that happens is your management watch. Your management watch typically begin I'm sorry, your management champion and the management watch. So the management champion, let me just kind of make sure that I define my terms so I don't get ahead of myself. The management champion is going to engage in a specific activity. We call it the management watch. But let me define the management champion for you first so we're all on the same page. It's a manager or the ranking side executive has high credibility and is responsible for visibly supporting the process, providing it with regular top management feedback and for going to bat for it if it gets into trouble. The management champion is often the person who made the initial decision to go ahead with the implementation, to bring that methodology in. In some cases, the champion is recruited after the implementation gets launched, but not usually. In other words, it comes in through some other doorway, and suddenly we say, oh, my goodness, we need a champion. Who is the champion? This was decided by committee. So those things happen. But the important thing is that the champion is on a senior level. Not every high-ranking manager is qualified to be a champion. There is a time commitment. It's relatively low. It's usually one, maybe two hours a week at the very, very most. But it's regular. It's every week. And some executives are just too busy to commit. Others may not like the limelight because it's a kind of high-profile representative role. One president, for example, who supported operational improvements in his company at an astonishing level, wanted no part of the glory. He simply refused. He wanted to stay in his office. He wanted to remain strong in his support, but invisible personally. So he wasn't the right person for that role. He simply didn't want it. Other champions are very heavy-handed, and they have to learn how to support without taking over. The management champion is a friend of the implementation, ready to go to bat for it as need be, And to qualify, basically, the the champion needs to be enthusiastic, in this case about visuality, needs to be trained in the principles and concepts and methods, and needs to be willing to model through his or her own behavior the values that the visual workplace or continuous improvement represent. In workplace visuality, the champion is 
uh, usually responsible for opening his or her pockets and saying, I'm willing to give up this much production time for a promised return. I'm willing to invest in training materials for the promised return. I'm willing to pay for some external coaching to help us walk through the ropes for the promised return. Okay? And if the initiative gets into trouble, that person goes to bat, protects the initiative. Some senior person above him or her complains about this is taking too long or the results are not sufficiently robust. Let's pull the plug. The champion stands up and says, if this goes, I go. (laughs) That's what we want from a champion. But frankly, after that, until we get to this management watch or management walk that I'm talking about, I want to seal the champion in his or her office. I do not want them prowling the targeted areas. I do not want them looking for justification or worrying, especially if the work culture in that facility is already tricky. I want them to be very, very hands-off. What I do is I slip under the door weekly or their coordinator does this, the improvement time utilization report. I want them to see how their time, the improvement time that they've designated, is being utilized. Champions are like big cats. Many of them are. They're always on the prowl. They're always hungry. They're always looking for lunch. But I want that kitty cat sleeping. I want that big brown bear hibernating. When he wakes up, when the spring comes, I want the improvement results to already be blossoming so he can take them to the bank. And that's why we wait until each area begins to really start working on their yellow. They're getting into their yellow very, very deeply before the champion has the concrete task of getting involved, walking around regularly. I know I'm speaking in broad generalities. I know there are some leaders who can do this right off the bat, and they will do nothing but create roses in their wake. If you're wildly lucky, you'll get someone like Billy Ray Taylor as your champion. He's currently the manager of a Goodyear plant, and he is known for a combination of tremendous process improvement and robust people engagement. He's really, you know, the ideal candidate. He's not somebody who has to learn how to support and how to drive. He does it naturally. He's a champion from birth, by birth. But we can't count on that. We can count on the executive being very good at numbers, very good at the corporate interface, probably at business development. But they may be learning about CI, about continuous improvement, and we want to kind of meter their involvement. And so we ask the management champion to engage in what's called either a management watch or a management walk or a walkabout. We want to give the ranking side executive, the champion, something to do But we want to prescribe what that is because, you know, sometimes these champions, they're loose cannons and they say, please save me from myself. This happened just two months ago. Please save me from myself. When I try to drive, I drive over. I drive over people instead of driving uh, for results. Can you help me? And actually, as a matter of fact, I gave that executive the management watch to do. And he said, thank you. Now I can do this. I can still have input. And this is what it's about. The management walk or watch gives the executive a chance to see what's going on, to be visible, but also 
to input, to give feedback. And the feedback is in two forms. It's in the form of either talking about what I see that I love, what appreciation, or what I see that I think can go further. We do that through cards. They're called watch cards or walk cards. or You can call them anything you want. But they're little templates. They're laminated. They're like uh, seven by eight. They're kind of squarish if you want. Little cards. They've got a hole punched in the upper left so you can string them up. You can clip them somewhere. So let's just say the management walk happens. It has to be regularly. So maybe it's every Thursday before noon in a group of targeted areas. Maybe every Friday afternoon between noon and three in another set of targeted areas. And it also happens if you're multiple shifts on the off shifts. It has to. And if you're a union shop, the union steward can be and should be part of that walk. So you have a kind of leadership walk. And what happens is, and and by the way, if the champion is out of town because he's busy, he's got a meeting, she whatever, then there's a pinch hitter, somebody who is known. When I am not around, George will be there instead of me. And if George is not around, Harry will be there. And if Harry isn't there, Ondine will be there. So it's very known. It's not at all haphazard. It's very responsible. So these watch cards, which is the third piece of this, these watch cards are preformed. They're kind of a template. They come in two colors so that you can tell at a glance the difference between an appreciation card or recognition card and a improvement card or an opportunity card. We usually we use blue, not usually, we always use blue for appreciation and we use yellow for opportunity. And the card has the name of the area, has a place for the date, the exact date, so you pencil it in. These are laminated cards and it'll have the goal like a visual workplace uh, is what we want, a work area that is self-explaining, self-ordering, self-regulating and self-improving where what is supposed to happen does happen on time, every time, day or night because of visual devices. You've heard that definition before. Then you have little instructions on what this card is about. The purpose of this card is to call your attention to things that I consider noteworthy, things that I like, things that I, I, I appreciate. And it's, and, and it says I'm going to describe them, uh, in concrete and specific terms. I'm going to write full sentences. And if I think of your, that your idea might help another area, I'm going to write that down on the bottom and say, hey, please share this idea with associates in X area. And these instructions are written, you know, it says in champion, please write a thank you and sign the card and fasten it, fasten it in or near your improvement focus. And the management champion hand writes a comment on it. Gee, I love what you've done with this cabinet. This is outstanding. This is the, this is a cabinet that used to be ready to go into the dump, dumpster and look what you've done. I, I think this is marvelous. Thank you so much. And I'll bet shipping would love to, um, see what you've done here. Please make sure to tell them. Little handwritten note. So we're sliding into a break right now and uh, I'll give you more detail and talk to you about the opportunity card because there's some little rules there that are important 
in just a moment. And I hope you find this useful because what we're doing is we're structuring in behaviors that support and sustain. We're not just letting this be talky talk or smiley smile, but these are concrete devices that will help us. And we'll have more when when you come back and when I start talking again. (laughs) See you in a minute. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Are you looking for innovative ideas on how to achieve your financial dreams? Tune in to Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday afternoon at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Join certified financial planners Ken Smith and Ethan Broga to learn how you can obtain financial success. You'll be entertained while you discover techniques to alleviate your financial concerns. Empirical Investing Radio every Thursday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi. Hi there. Welcome back. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth at The Visual Workplace, and today we're talking about tools that help um, executives drive and sustain improvement. We're talking about the whole sustain piece. This is our third show on this uh, concept of sustaining as structure and we're talking about the champion and also the use of the laminated map to identify different levels of outcomes in terms of our improvement effort and also we're talking about the watch cards we just began talking about the watch cards that the management champion uses leaving them like kind of like easter eggs coming through hippity hop (laughs) and leaving these easter eggs with love notes on them. Gee, I really love what you've done. But also, and that would be the blue, little blue egg, <laughs> the blue watch cards, or you can use, of course, any color you like, uh, any contrasting colors you like, and design the cards in a way that may be very, very beautiful with company logos and, and pictures and photographs of uh, horizons or whatever, or just plain old words that explain how to use the card 
what they're used for, and leave plenty of space for personal comments of your champion. And the second card is, so there are two cards. One is appreciation recognition, and the other is uh, opportunity for improvement. Please go further. Have you thought about this? So the champion is given a structured way of leaving uh, their comments and showing, demonstrating their support. And I will tell you that this works like a dream in many, many plants. And in other plants, and this happens occasionally, but not that often, people will think, oh, you know, that's really hokey or that's babyish. This might even be the coordinator, the champion, him or herself. If the champion can't find the way a way to do it, you can't make them. And they may prefer just to go around. Fine. But more times than not, associates appreciate it. It's concrete. It's evidence of support. And the thing about walking around is that the people have to be there. And you don't talk to everyone. And you may not see everything. But if you can go leisurely and you kind of build your understanding, you be there after hours or you be there before, before hours, you can be very regular and build this relationship with uh, value-add associates between you and them so that it's a, a relationship that really does function. And I would say also that um, it's a good idea for the management champion or the leadership champions, you know, it can be union and executive and um, company executive, to have a trainer or a coach with them, helping them spot the sometimes very subtle areas of improvement or the beginning of a breakthrough, which is really great to call attention to. Not just the showy stuff, but the subtle stuff or perhaps even the secret stuff. So it's good to have somebody there coaching. And, of course, what happens for the champion is the champion's eyesight improves. And the whole thing comes up. The champion begins to see more clearly, begins to get feedback from his or her feedback. People begin to welcome this as some uh, this person as somebody who has good eyesight and could actually help them progress, speaking a language they understand. And it works out very, very well. Again, the management walk or watch, whatever you choose to call it, is regularly scheduled and the cards are used or some kind of concrete demonstration uh, for feedback is used. But try not to get too bureaucratic about it. What we do um, suggest is that you have these pre-printed words on a card creating a kind of template that it's laminated that it has a hole punch so you can easily hang it. You've got either a string or uh, some a rubber band. You hang it by you're giving somebody a compliment on a uh, on a new cabinet um, approach, and you leave it on the cabinet. You'll have some tape with you in case there's no place to hang it. You just tape it carefully. Don't take off the paint, okay? And you use an erasable marker. And what happens is that the recognition cards. What I like to see done is. When you're done with them, you just make a copy of the face of them and you keep them in a kind of book or you can keep them, you can scan them and keep them as a kind of history of the compliments of what went well and, uh, and uh, people's, um, people's positive feedback. 
On the opportunity cards, hey, you know what? This address isn't working, a card will say. I know it's better than you had last month, but I'm still confused between what this side of the cabinet is or this shelf is for and what the other shelf. Can you amp up this address? That card, the yellow card in the case that I'm describing, stays in place until the change satisfies the champion. So the card simply stays in place, is not removed until the champion says, bingo, you got it. This is great. This is what I meant. And it stays there with, wow, this is terrific. Thank you. Even though the color may not change, although you can throw another blue card, you can throw a blue card on that yellow, the card is saying, wowie zowie. Thank you. And then make a copy of that as well. It's kind of keeping a log. And we th- we have found that these cards usually run for about four to six months. Sometimes you stop after three months and you resume them again maybe three months later. And you, you begin to um, uh, kind of see when they're effective and when you need to pull back. But again, the comments on the cards are very concrete. They're specific. Give us detail. They use full phrases and sentences, not just a string of adjectives. You put them into a sentence so we understand your meaning. And they're written legibly. I didn't mention this, but please, if we can't read it, we can't use it. Okay? And your feedback and your own ability, champions, to give well-phrased feedback, well-worded opportunity cards will improve. And, you know, an opportunity card can prompt a flurry of focused improvement activity just because people, number one, understand what you want, number two, appreciate that you've given feedback that you care enough and also are interested in the direction that you're, uh, that you're suggesting. So you, you just watch out for feedback cards that are too general, like, great work, thanks or this needs to improve, and make sure to make them very specific. So this is what I wanted to present to you today. I want to give you tools. I want to give you ways to structure in this impulse to sustain, this need to sustain, this way to take our current level and find ways to really anchor it so that we can build on it and go further. Because truly, the definition of sustainment is not just to maintain the level and not just to get people interested, but really to drive that level higher. So the interest comes from the fact that we've gone even further. Our excellence has become more excellent. And we have an appetite for this. We have a built-in natural appetite for increasing our levels of excellence. If we're shown the way and we feel that kind of Unity, that kind of alignment that we get from structures that connect us with others. They kind of flatten the playing field in a way so that we can actually move forward together. We're creating a team in, in a, in, in, in the sense of share, of these shared values and of these shared directions. So I hope that you will consider, uh, these, uh, three components. Identifying your management champion using the laminated map to monitor requirements, to first set the requirements, to monitor them, and then to drive them, and to use some kind of watch card to give concrete feedback. I had a wonderful time talking with you today. I look forward to the next time. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth 
Please let me hear from you by email or by phone call. You can call us at 503-233-1784. That's our office number, 503-233-1784 in beautiful Portland where the sun is shining and the sky is blue on this summer's day. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm signing off. See you the next time. Bye. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and